if I were to give you a blanket statement about what we're talking about today, what we're talking about is this idea that God hasn't given you talents for you. God has given you talents to use through you. Everybody say, through me. Say, through me. I just want to see if you're awake with me. But God's given you talents, not for yourself, but to use through you. In fact, the foundation scripture I want to talk about today is in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. I love it here because it doesn't say if you received a gift. It says as each of you has received We've all been gifted. Say, I'm gifted. Like some of you, you're going to remind your wife of that. You're going to go home and say, baby, I'm gifted. You are lucky. You got a gifted husband. So, but like, like we're gifted. And so we need to allow God to change the way we see our talent, to change the way we see our talent. And when we allow God to do that, God's going to change the motivation for how we use our talent. And that's what we're talking about. We're in a series titled Change. And what we've been talking about is this idea of changing how I see what's been given to me. Today, I want to talk to us about changing how we see our talent. I'm going to pray real quick, and then we're going to jump in to what we're talking about today. So, Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you that you are the giver of all good gifts. God, I thank you that you are a a father. Like we say, you are a good, good father, and you want to give good gifts to your children, God. God, I pray today a few things would happen, that our minds, our hearts, Uh, And our eyes would be open to the gifts and the abilities that you've placed inside of every single one of us. God, I also pray that we would change the way we see how you've given us those gifts. And our motivation for using those gifts would begin to change. God, we realize that you've given us gifts not for ourselves, but to bless somebody else. Work through us today. Speak through us. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey. Today what I want to do as we talk about this idea of our talents, our gifts, our abilities, is I want to look at this guy in the Bible named Joseph. Now Joseph, if you grew up in church like me, you know the story of Joseph. You've heard the story of Joseph uh, and his coat of many colors, um, kind of the life of Joseph. What I'm going to do, what I like to call is a flyover today. Here's what I want to encourage you is if when you go home, open up your Bible app or if you have like real leather and paper, um, in a Bible, some of those still exist. Um, open it up, and, and Genesis, kind of starting 37, you can look at the life of Joseph. And I encourage you to read that on your own time, like, like to, to kind of dive into that and, and look at this guy, Joseph. Today I'm going to do a flyover where I'm going to pull out some pieces. We can see some, some trends in Joseph's life and then how that can speak to us on our own gifts, our own abilities. But let me set it up kind of bringing us back to where Joseph is, who Joseph is. Joseph is one uh, um, of all these brothers. Um, eventually, he has 11. Um, uh, he's about a teenager when we pick up, and we're going to look at him today, late teens, 17 years old. Um, but Joseph was not just one of the brothers, but early on, before his younger brother came, he was the youngest brother. Now, I don't know if any of you are the youngest sibling. Um, I like to call the best siblings, but that's because I'm the youngest sibling. But um, older siblings would not always agree. Um, but, but young siblings, we do have some issues. Um, we kind of think the world revolves around us. Um, we kind of, you know, I have two. So I have a lot of, like, issues. I'm just going to be honest with you, all right? Um, I'm the youngest. I'm the only boy. 
So, like, like my sisters kind of jokingly call me Prince John because um, I would get a lot of things I want. Things would go my way. Hey, I wasn't mad about it. I wasn't going to complain. Life was good, being the youngest. Um, but Joseph, at this time, when we pick up the story, is the youngest, and he's the favorite son. Like, Scripture don't even mess around about it. Like, his dad loved him. He was the favorite. And because of that, his brothers hated him. Like, I don't know if you have any younger siblings um, that get their way sometimes and it just kind of ticks you off, but, but they had some reasons where it, Joseph just did things and they're like, Joe, man, what you doing? So like, he would come back and he would like, uh, the, the Hebrew word is snitch. That's not the Hebrew word. I made that up. But um, like, he would tattletale on his brothers. He's like, like snitch is going to snitch. I mean, like, come on, man. Why you, like, he would come and his brothers would be ticked off. I mean, mad at Joseph, and I don't know if you've had a sibling like that, where like maybe you were like sneaking in past curfew, and they happen to see you, and they go running to tell mom and dad, and you're like, dang, like, like you just get mad at them, right? Like, so they hated Joseph. Like, uh, Joseph, I mean, they couldn't stand it, but Joseph was gifted. Joseph was blessed by God. Joseph would have these incredible dreams, and God was going to use him. And so we see in Genesis chapter 37, you kind of get a glimpse on why his brothers hated him. Um, so we see it's Genesis chapter 37, verse 5. It says, now Joseph had a dream, and we had told it to his brothers. They hated him even more. He said to them, hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. Like, I don't know. Some of you, like, have younger siblings. You're like, I already hate this dude. Like, I, I feel his pain. Like, his brother said to him, are you indeed rained down on, to my sheaf? Or his brother said, are you indeed to reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dream and for his words. Now, one thing before I continue here, we see Joseph was gifted by God. He had these dreams, but he may have lacked a little common sense. Because you would think, man, my brothers hate me. Maybe I'm going to keep this dream to myself. I'm going to let God work this out and see what happens. But no, he continues in verse 9. He says, then he dreamed another dream, and he told his brothers. And he said, behold, I have dreamed another dream. And I'm sure they were like, sweet, tell us. Um, he said, I dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father uh, and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, what is, it that, what is it, this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in his mind. So here's kind of what Joseph comes with this dream, right? He's telling it to him, and he's like, you guys are going to bow down. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. We're all going to live happily ever after. And they, they, like, hate him, right? So then he comes with another dream, and his dad is, like, listening to it. And, he, and I kind of, like, picture his dad going, man, I love this guy. He is going to rule. But he doesn't want, like, the other brothers to see that. So he's kind of like, Jojo, keep it down, man. I don't know if he called him Jojo, but it sounds good to me. Like, like he's like, he's like, Joe, like, like, Slow your roll a little bit, like calm yourself. But in his mind, he kind of kept these things, the Bible tells us, that he kept them in the back of his mind. Like he knew there was something different about Joseph. There was something special about Joseph. We continue on in the life of Joseph, and later on his brothers were out tending the sheep, uh, the flocks. They had him out in the pasture, and his, and his dad says, Joseph, I need you to go out and check on your brothers. Like he knew Joseph was going to tell on them if they're messing around. So he sends them out, and his brothers see Joseph coming from far off. 
And they're like, here he comes. He's going to go. He's going to get his report. He probably has like his pocket protector and his glasses. He goes, I'm going to tell dad exactly what you guys have been doing. Like he comes and he's ready to like report the, the, the mishaps they have, how they're messing, how they're not doing things right. So, so they come and they get, they get a plan together. Chapter 37, verse 19 says, then they said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him, and we will see what becomes of his dreams. Now, I've had a lot of fights with my sisters. There was never a time when I said, you are just ticking me off. There's a pit over there. Like, that never crossed my mind. I mean, you got to have some serious sibling issues for, to want to do this, to want to off your brother. But it's got to the point where they so badly have hated him. They can't stand him. One of the brothers kind of feels bad, but not bad enough to say anything. So he's like, I'm going to let them do this. But when he's in the pit, I'm going to sneak back and take him out. And so while they're doing this, he's in the pit, and they're like having Lunchables. It's like snack pack time. And Joseph's just chilling. Like, what's going on here? Well, like one of the brothers says, guys, guys, we can't kill him. And now you would think they would kind of have a moment of compassion and be like, this is crazy. No, 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 That wasn't why. He's like, if we kill him, we get nothing out of it. So, like, that doesn't benefit any of us. Let's sell him as a slave. Like, I mean, they just could not stand Joseph. And so they decide to sell him off into slavery. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm trying to picture myself in Joseph's shoes at this time in his life, and I highly doubt that in any of his dreams with people bowing down, did he have a moment where he was a slave? Like, I'm guessing that was not part of his dream. And here's what happens, I believe, to a lot of us, is at one point in your life, you had a dream. At one point in your life, you're like, God, I want to be used by you in this way. Maybe you discovered that you do have a passion or a talent for something, And you're like, God, I want to do this for you. God, I'm going to use this. And your circumstances began to silence your dream. Maybe you're in a relationship, and it didn't end up the way you had hoped it was going to end up. So your dream got silenced. Maybe you're in a job that wasn't the career path you had planned out for your life. And so your dream has gotten silenced. Maybe somebody else did something to you that was not your fault, but it silenced your dream. It silenced the gifts and the talents that are actually inside of you, that God put inside of you. It has gone silent because of the circumstances surrounding you. When did you stop dreaming? When did we stop dreaming? I mean, think about this. When we were kids, we knew how to dream, right? Uh, like growing up as a kid, people, what do you want to be when you get, I want to be a basketball player, I want to be a pro sports, what about, all these things, right? Like big dreams, I remember my son, he's seven years old now. When he was about five years old, he was uh, with his grandfather, and they're kind of walking out of the house. He goes, Braden, what do you want to be when you get older? And my son was like super into Lego Ninjago. Um, If you don't have somebody that's like three feet or shorter, you don't know what that is, but it's awesome. Um, And so he loves it, right? Like, fighting, all this stuff. He's like, I want to be a ninja, which is awesome. I was like, if, if you're a ninja, that's amazing. I love it, right? And so he kind of thinks for a moment, though, and he's like, you know, I've never really seen a ninja except on TV. Like, in his mind, he's contemplating this. So he asks his grandfather, he goes, do ninjas exist? So, like, we're at this parental crossroads. Like, do I crush his dreams at five years old, 
or do I lie to him? Either way, he's going to have daddy issues because I just, like, messed up my son at five years old. So I'm like, what do we do? So, like, I told my wife, you handle this. I'm out. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. But his grandpa looks at me and goes, you know, like, there's, like, military combat guys that are kind of like ninjas. But ninjas, like you're thinking about, they don't really exist. No. So he kind of, you know, puts his head down. And, and so his grandfather again says, well, what do you want to be then? What do you want to be when you get older? And he's kind of sitting there thinking. And he looks up, like, as proud as could be. And he pumps his fist in the air. And he says, I want to be the world's first ninja. And I was like, that is awesome. Right? Like, he didn't let whatever circumstances are around him uh, silence the dream that he had in his heart. But what about us? Life happens, right? We grow out of those dreams. And whatever it is we wanted to do, maybe it was the first time you came to church and you experienced uh, the music and you experienced the emotions of giving your life to Jesus and following him. And it was so exciting and there was so much passion. And then life happens and our dreams go silent. But we're like, God, I want to do something for you. And then circumstances change. And they're not what we thought they would be. And so our dreams go silent. We allow our circumstances to change. But maybe the circumstance you're in was a holy setup by God to get you exactly where he needed you to be. Maybe what you're going through today is exactly where you need to be because the gift that's inside of you God needs that to use you exactly in the situation, in the circumstance where you are. Maybe there's a coworker that needs to feel the hope that's coming through your story. Maybe, uh, maybe even taken here at Project Church, you may be a greeter, and you're like, I mean, I say hi to people, I hold a sign, but what's, you know, my job's not that important. Maybe you standing out front with a smiling face and a welcoming heart and a handshake is exactly what somebody needs who's been rejected by other places and rejected by other people. They can walk up and see a smiling face and be like, wow, I belong here. Somebody loves me. Somebody was excited to see me. And so by just standing out there greeting, you welcome somebody in. And maybe, just maybe, their heart is open to hear what Jesus wants to say to them that day. And maybe they change their life and they transform, all because somebody was willing to stand out and say hi and be friendly. Maybe it was making the coffee, and you think, ah, oh, this isn't a big deal. I mean, it's just something. That, maybe that just provided a welcoming atmosphere so that somebody can walk in and be like, man, this place feels comfortable. It kind of feels like I'm home here. And it opens the door for them to say, I can belong to this place. Maybe you think it's a small thing, but your small thing is a massive thing to somebody walking in here with a burden. Somebody walking in here chained up and bound up and ready to be set free, and it's going to be because you said hi, or you handed them coffee, or you just helped them find a place to sit. You have no idea what your gift, your talent, your ability can do in someone else's life. When we begin to change how we see our talent, when we allow God to change our perspective, He'll change the motivation for how we use our talent. We look at the life of Joseph. He didn't let any circumstances change his passion for using the gift that God had given him. Joseph was who he was and who God created him to be regardless of his circumstances. And God put him exactly where he needed to be. Joseph goes on and he's sold into slavery. He ends up in the house of Potiphar. We see in Genesis chapter 39, verse 1, says, Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had brought him down there. 
The Lord was with Joseph, and, be, and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of the Egyptian master. His master saw the Lord was with him, and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in, the sight, in his sight and attended him, and he made him overseer of his house. And he put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he made him overseer in the house over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in his house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food that he ate. See, Joseph wasn't concerned with the circumstances or the setting where he was. He was just going to be faithful to what God had given him. The platform you're on is God's responsibility. Our faithfulness to what we're called to do is our responsibility. So where you're at is really not your concern. So you could be frustrated about it. You could be upset with it. You could be unhappy with it. But your platform, meaning your area of influence, is God's responsibility. Your faithfulness to the gift that God's put inside of you is your responsibility. I remember when I was about 13, 14 years old, I felt like God had called me to preach the gospel. I felt that's what God had asked me to do. And I remember the first ministry job opportunity I got was to be a children's pastor. I don't know how crazy that church was to think I should be taking care of kids, but um, I was a single dude, and it was like a month later, I was taking like 30 kids to kids camp. Like, thank God they all came back alive. But God, like, I remember when I was praying about, God, am I supposed to do this? I remember the calling he put on my life to preach the gospel. And I remember specifically God said, you worry about what I've called you to do, and I'll provide the audience. And God said to me that he'll provide the audience. I'm just called to do what he's called me to do. So it could have been 8-year-olds or it could be 80-year-olds. Like, I know what God's called me to do, and the audience is not my responsibility. Who's listening? What the, what's happening with what they're doing? That's not my, my responsibility is to be faithful to do what God has called me to do. And your circumstances not be ideal for you right now. You might be in, in a slavery situation like Joseph was. Joseph went on a little further, and some false accusations came against him. Again, this is a flyover, so I encourage you to read the story of Joseph, dive in there. But some false accusations uh, came against him, and he finds himself in prison. He finds himself in jail. Like, you may be there. You'd be like, I'm just trying to serve God. I've been faithful. Uh, like, I'm trying to do what God wants, and life just keeps hitting me. God says, I'll worry about the circumstance. You worry about being faithful to what I've, because we see in the life of Joseph, he gets raised up in prison because of his leadership ability, the things that he can do. He begins to organize the prison, and they put a prisoner in charge of the prison. Like, when you look at the story, it's crazy. Some people say, oh, the Bible's boring. I was like, you ain't reading it right. Like, there are some exciting things in the Bible. There's murder. There's, like, fighting. There's sex. Like, there's all kinds of stuff in the Bible. You got to read it. It's amazing. It's awesome. Um, if they did a movie, it'd be like NC-17. Like, it'd be crazy. But Joseph finds himself in leadership in prison, and because of his faithfulness to his giftings and his talent, he gets promoted. They actually pull him out of prison. And he gets placed in charge of, the, and like in the palace, Genesis 39. It says, now Joseph, had, oh wait, 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 sorry. Skip down, Genesis 40. I'm just trying to make sure you guys are still with me, confuse you a little bit. Genesis chapter 41, verse 40. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall order themselves as you command. 
Only as regards to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. So check this out. This guy goes from his brothers hating him, selling him to slavery. He gets risen up as a slave. He gets put in position, gets falsely accused. He's in prison, gets risen up to leadership in prison, pulled out. Now this dude is just below the leader of the country. He's second in command. Here's the thing is your circumstances, they might be frustrating you. They might not be what you dreamed of, but God may be doing a holy setup, and he's putting you right where you need to be. So your gifts will not just lift you up, not just bless you, but be able to bless somebody else. You guys know you're never more like Jesus than when you're serving. Uh, Like you want to be like Jesus, serve somebody. What did Jesus say? I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. You're never more like Jesus than when you're, you're serving. And we see Joseph gets risen up. And here's the thing. As Joseph gets risen up in Egypt, second in command, the famine breaks out through the land. People have no food. But because of Joseph's giftings, because of his wisdom, because of the ability God had given him, he was able to provide and store up enough for people to come and get food. And guess who had to come and get food? A few brothers. And they bowed down before Joseph. Talk about full circle, right? Like if I'm Joseph, it's a good thing I'm not Joseph. Because if I'm Joseph, I'm like, yeah, dream looks good now, huh, homie? Like he's like, like I'd let him know. I'd be like, you could take your grain and get on out of here. Go starve. <laughs> like, like, I, like, how's that pit feel? No, like, that's how I would be. But, like, I need Jesus. I'm, I got some issues. Uh, but Joseph, God had used every circumstance in his life to take him exactly where he needed to be so that at the right time, Joseph giftings not only helped him, but they were able to help his family and an entire nation because of his faithfulness to use what God had given him. Many of us have the potential to do amazing things for God. I believe every single person in here has a gift from God. It's not just what I believe, but Scripture actually tells us that. That that you have a gift. You have a talent. You have an ability. And, And I believe the potential is there to do amazing things for God. But because sometimes we're not happy in our circumstances, then we don't prepare for the potential platform that God wants to give us. See, what I'm saying is that you have tremendous potential. But some of us, we're not happy. Life hasn't turned out the way we hoped it would. So we haven't prepared. We haven't prepared for the platform that God may want to give to us. Joseph was faithful in the preparation time. Joseph, no matter the circumstances, was faithful. Joseph uh, uh, was, was faithful, but a lot of us, we get like a bad case of the yibbits. God, I'd serve you, yeah, but uh, I got this thing going on. God, I'd serve you, yeah, but I, my finances, man, I just can't afford to. Man, I, I would serve in this area, but man, I just don't got the time. I, like, like we kind of come up with excuses, and I love what Rochelle said. Because for you, your circumstances might not look like you wanted it to be, but Rochelle, what she say? We worship in the dirt. Like your life might look like an f- empty field of dirt right now. And God is saying, rise up, use the giftings I give you, and begin to worship in the dirt. God will provide the platform for you. We're just called to worship and use what God's given us to bless somebody else. Your attitude and your work ethic in your current season is preparation for the platform God has destined for you. 
your attitude and your work ethic in your current season, not your future season, in your current season is the preparation for the platform that God has destined for you. I love this quote by Stephen Furtick. It says, most of us are not living at the level of our potential. We are living at the level of our preparation. We're living at the level of our preparation. You are valuable. Like, you have tremendous value in the kingdom of God. Like, you have been gifted. But a lot of times we look at other people and be like, well, I don't have what they have. Like, they're up there. Like, they must be, like, super gifted. Or, like, there must be, like, something special. I don't have all that. I love my sister says, you do you, boo. Like, do you. God created you for a reason. We don't need any more of me. Trust me, that would be all bad. My wife, hopefully, is outside, won't say amen. Like, like we don't need any more of me. Like, I'm a mess. I got some issues. We don't need multiple of me. We need you. God needs you. That's why he created you. But we look at other people and be like, if I only had what they have, you know the right gift in the wrong hand can be frustrating could be chaotic, but the right gift in the right hand makes beautiful music, and not just on stage, but in life. Let me, let me close by showing you what I mean. Like, I'm not a musician, but we got all this stuff up here, so I should use it. So, like, we got this drum set, right? Like, I played drums, like, on, like, what's that game they used to have on the, uh, there you go. See, I don't even know. Like, so, like, we got these drums, right? Like, they got drumsticks, um, and so, like, if I sit down on these, like, it's ugly, and I'm even going to show you. Listen to this. Like, some of y'all are scared right now. Ready? Thank you, Project Church. Good night. So, like, that's terrible. And I promise you, you guys think I'm, like, messing around trying to make that sound bad. That's as good as I got. Like, that is terrible. But check it out. Where's my man Trey? Trey, where are you at? Give it up for Trey. He hates that I'm doing this. He hates that he's like front and center. Look at him. He's so pretty. Take those sticks, boy. But like, look at this dude. Can you guys give it up for our people that serve and do all that? I mean, did you guys see Rochelle? Rochelle today, like if I'm the devil, I'm scared. She's like walking around like, yo. Like I thought she was going to take her earrings off and like Satan, bow. Like she was going for it. Like I loved it. That was awesome. So if I'm playing the drums, you don't want to hear worship. But Trey, give us a little something. Just, just go. Woo! That dude right there, right? Like Trey, when you put the right gift in the right hand, man, it can sound good, right? You put the right gift in the wrong hand, I'm going to mess it up. Like, like, and God's saying, I've given you a gift. I need you to be you. Like there's a guitar here. I'm not going to break it, I promise. Now I'm just getting excited. Like, hold on. I've never even played guitar. He's like so scared. I'm going to drop this thing. That's so good. Like Tom Petty. All right. Hold on, though. Evan, come here. Evan, come here. Come here. Give it up for Evan. There you go, man. Oh, you ain't even plugged in. My bad. Did I mess it up? Oh, you're over there. I see you, sneaky. All right. So, so we got Evan. Like, like, Evan and Trey, just give us a little something to help me out because I'm terrible. See, like, give it up for him, right? When you put the right gift 
in the right hand, it can sound really, really good. That's why we're having a team party. Do you guys know? Let me tell you something. I promise I'm closing. We're not doing a team party because the church, we sat around and said, we really need people. Like, we're not going to be able to have church if we don't have people. No, 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 no. Listen to me. We don't have to serve. We get to serve. As a follower of Jesus, we get to use what's been given to us to bless other people so that somebody who's far away from God stumbles in here, says, what is this Project Church? Maybe I'll check that out. And somebody's using their gift to say hi to them. Somebody's out front blowing with an air horn. No, I'm just kidding. They're not doing that. But like somebody's out, like people are serving, using their gifts. And all of that, somebody comes in and says, wow, like this is beautiful music. It's beautiful music from the hospitality to the atmosphere to those with the kids to the worship to the message to the lyrics and the sound. All of it together is beautiful music because it's the right gift in the right hand to give glory to God. That's why we do what we do. So when we're doing a team party, we're not doing it for us as in Project Church. We're doing it for you. Because you're never more like Jesus than when you're serving. And we believe you have a gift. I'm going to tell you straight up, I've grown in my relationship with God more in times that I'm serving and giving out of myself. It's putting God's word into action. So I want to pray for us. And then I'm going to have the band come back, and we're going to go out of here celebrating. We call it team party for a reason because we want to party and have a great time because serving God is awesome. Like, I don't know what you've experienced in your life, but when we get to give of ourselves to the cause of Christ, there is nothing better than that. Because I can promise you, there's a lot of great organizations. There's only one thing that's going to stand the test of time, and that's the local church. The local church is the hope of the world. And we get the honor of serving and joining a team, and working together, and coming together as a family, and saying, we want to help people, we want to serve people, and we want to do it all so that someone can come and meet Jesus. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me?